0: Welcome back to another episode of SjHL weekly and happy Thanksgiving everyone my name is Jeremy Corrigan and I am pleased to be joined as always by our great co-host Rory McGoran Jamie nugebauer boys happy Thanksgiving to you how is your guys's Thanksgiving weekend?
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, you know, uh, Turkey, all the trimmings. I got uh, the mum out from Winnipeg over the Thanksgiving week to take in the show here today and a couple of Broncos games throughout the week. But uh, nine days in between games, so we're ready to get back into the roll of things here.
2: Yeah, about the same. Turkey, big big Jays loss, big Vikings win, so (laughs) a bit of up and down for me, but uh, all around very good. And I've got to say, boys, very thankful for you guys Mm -hmm. to do the show with and thankful for the SJHL for having us.
0: Yes, we are very thankful for SJHL Weekly. We are thankful for the SJHL. And uh, despite having Sunday and Monday off, it was a busy weekend in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. So let's get right into it. A busy Friday night in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. The Flin Flon Bombers shut out the Kindersley Clippers 4-0. Estevan with a 3-2 win over the and Hawks. Yorkton got by Melville 5-4 in a shootout. And then Battlefords with a 2-1 win over Weyburn, which was then capped off with LaRange winning 7-2 over the Melfort Mustangs. Then on Saturday, we saw four games on the schedule, and once again, you're not getting deja vu, but it's Flin Flon against Kindersley, and they got another 4-0 win. Melville bounced back with a 2-0 victory over Yorkton. Battlefords with a big win over Weyburn winning 7-1, and Estevan winning their fifth in a row, 3-2 in overtime. And of course, our weekend look back is presented by Sask Lottery. So, boys, when you look back at this weekend, we saw nine games on the schedule. Rory, we'll start with you. What kind of stands out from the weekend?
1: I mean, there, there, there's two that are definitely jumping off the page. One is in a positive trajectory, and one is in the negative trajectory. So, I'll let Nugsy be the <laughs> ray of sunshine on this uh, Tuesday show. The Melford Mustangs have been surprising to me, and it's yeah. not, in, not in a good way. Before the season started, I had them up with um, Humboldt and Battlefords in that first tier, they've they've had a really hard schedule. Mm-hmm. I think probably the hardest in the SJHL, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But they're not getting enough scoring from up front. Three out of their four top scores are defensemen. We know how good that blue line is, but it's a Melford team I thought was gonna be one of the best teams in the league, and they've come out to a little bit of a slower start. I'm not pushing a panic button. I know what right. Trevor Blevins can do. I know how deep that roster
2: is. I just I'd like to see a little more firepower up front. Sure. Jamie, what about you? Well I mean, to, to, to respond to you about Melford too, I think again, you mentioned no panic button. Uh, ben Tkachuk had a slight injury. He's coming back tonight. Yeah. Melford will be fine. Clark Huxley had a slight injury. He'll be back tonight. They'll be fine. They still got that great decor. It's still early. Like, we still haven't, we've, we're kind of in 10, 11 games in yeah. at this point. So, certainly Melford has underperformed to start with, but some of that's out of their control the injuries and the uh, schedule. Is is correct? So you know, I give them a pass, and th- I think they're going to be fine. If
1: you look at a lot of the a lot yeah. of the where they are right now in the SJHL standings, mm-hmm. though, and you tried to pinpoint mm-hmm. your power rankings before the season started, a lot of teams are in their spots where you maybe thought they would be. The one yeah. outlier, I think, is the Melfort Mustangs. So have they been the most surprising team in the league after, off the start? Mm-hmm. To me, they have. Uh, but yeah, again, yeah. it is early. It yeah. is early, so we'll wait. And that's
0: a good segue just to plug our power rankings, which will be up on sjhl.ca uh, right after SJHL Weekly. Uh, good timing. Uh, one team I would like to talk about, I thought you couldn't ask for a, a more picture-perfect weekend, and that was the Flin Flon Bombers, mm-hmm. obviously winning two games for nothing, They got some new additions to their lineup, and boy, oh, boy, they looked awfully impressive yeah. this weekend against uh, the Kindersley Clippers.
2: Yeah, they put up uh, 50-plus shots twice. Yeah. And this matchup was interesting for me because... Kindersley also made some ads, right? They right. added Ethan Scriven from Battlefurge, and they got Jacob DeWitt, mm-hmm. you know, recently of the Regina Pats, big rangy defenseman. So Kindersley had some hope going into this one, as well as the incredible play of Logan mm-hmm. Falk, who deserves it's a unreal. ton of credit in net. I talked about him being the solution in Kindersley's net from what I saw at the showcase. Uh, very impressive, but then obviously Hope... I Hope didn't need to spring eternal, I guess, Rory. They were fine, but... right you know you add Alex Von Sprecken into the lineup that's going to he's going to play for any decor in this league period yeah. you know then then you add back Jacob Vockler from the North American League and he was one of the premium players in the league last year centennial cup etc you know, Flintflon Rory is scary. I think talk about them with Battlefords and Humboldt at the top of the league right now.
1: They put themselves right back in the mix. I know they don't have the unblemished record, which mm-hmm. is going to separate those two teams for the meantime. They're Our not going to finish all 56 games undefeated. No. Flintflon 's there, 100%. Mm-hmm. Alex von Sprecken is a prototypical player that the Bombers and Mike Reagan love to have. He's mean, he's strong, physical, mm-hmm. can skate, and he can move the puck. And is there a better influx into a lineup than Jacob Vockler throughout this early going of the season? He does everything on the ice.
2: We might find out with Jacob Boucher tonight, but.
1: A, a big one for Humboldt has yet to play, <laughs> but I think <laughs> the value that Jacob Vockler brings to the Flint Flon Bombers PK, penalty kill, mm-hmm. five on five. He skates like the wind mm-hmm. um we saw him last year throughout his you know rookie season and then into the playoffs into the centennial cup i think that is flint Flons. there they don't have the unblemished record but they're right there with those two teams and no they've been doubt. playing some yeah. really good
0: hockey as of yeah. late but the fact that you can add a top six it's crazy forward yeah. For free.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, it's a huge boost to the Flint Flon Bombers, and he was outstanding this past weekend. He had three assists in the two wins, yeah. and now it's a big weekend or a week ahead for the Flint Flon Bombers as they play uh, four and five, and they will start that road trip tonight in Melville against the Millionaires. Let's talk a little bit about that Highway 10 rivalry. The first two games against each other, the Yorkton Terriers, the Melville Millionaires. I think, no surprise, these two games were very close, mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. very entertaining for the fans at both arenas. Uh, What do you guys make of the, uh, let's start with Yorkton. What do you guys make of the Terriers so far this season and them coming off 11 days off because their last game was the Monday at the showcase and then playing Friday uh, against the Melville Millionaires?
1: Um, yeah, I don't think they're too surprising to me right now. I I, I have liked a lot of the uh, offense that they've gotten from a couple of the new guys. I know, uh, Jamie, you pointed them out, Brett Butts and Dylan Ruptash. Uh, I I like what they've been able to do to bring in these complimentary players Mm -hmm. that will fill the shoes of Zach McIntyre, Steve Norum and all those Mm -hmm. guys. But I kind of... I think they're right where they are. They're tough to play against. We talk about that every week. Um, sometimes, you know, they may not have their great performance, but they're going to go up and they're going to be in close games all year. Mm-hmm. And especially when it's against their Highway 10 rival, that's that's a one-goal game written all over it.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, bearing the lead there is Caleb Allen. Are you kidding yeah. me? Are yeah. you kidding me? This kid is now at 941 save mm. percentage. He made 54 saves in a 5-4 shootout win that you watched, I believe, mm-hmm. Friday night uh, there. And you know what? Man, again, you, you said, it, I think, on the show previously, Rory, we all were wondering, who are they going to bring in <laughs> to replace Kale DePape in in Yorkton? And they had a, a resounding answer. Kid from Colorado, pretty good school in Loomis-Chafee in, in Connecticut there that he came from, Caleb Allen. Boy, oh, boy. Very impressive, and you talked about there Dylan Ruptash. You know, he was creating a lot, generating a lot, played great in the preseason, a little snake bit to start the year. Scored two goals there in that game. And uh, you know, good for good for Yorkton, another piece. And I do hear that Colton Coran also is coming back for Yorkton, so another piece for them to, uh, to add too, in. Yeah.
1: Also, um, Benny Walchuk, the uh, voice of the Terriers and the Mills, and yeah. a couple other teams. Everybody. Yeah.
2: He's he's <laughs> he, the voice of. He's a uh, man
1: that wears many hats. He just tweeted yeah. out as well that they're getting uh, Carter Herman back, the defenseman right. from uh, right. the WHL. So a nice little piece on the blue line for Yorkton as well. Yeah.
0: And I think for the Terriers, though, I think we were talking it bef- about it before the show, though, is there is a little bit of concern when it comes to their offense production so mm-hmm. far this season. I think, Rory, you were saying at the beginning um, that three of the four of their top scorers are defensemen right now, and they're not really getting the production too much up front.
1: Yeah, they got a lot of new guys up there. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I've liked what I've saw in the showcase. I've, I've liked their, their team structure, what Matt Hare preaches. I don't think it generates as much as Battleford's or sure. as much as Humboldt. So they're never going to be at those numbers. Yeah. But if they can clog the middle of the ice and limit the mistakes and jump on the turnovers, which we're known to see Matt Hare and mm-hmm. his team do, and then force the mm-hmm. offense playing from the right side of the puck and trying to get it that way, they'll be just fine. Yep.
0: Let's go to the other side of the Highway 10 rivalry with Melville. Uh, pretty good week for the Mills. They mm-hmm. got five out of six points. They had that overtime mm-hmm. win against Melford. Uh, the unfortunate shootout loss to Yorkton, but yeah. then they bounce back with a 2 nothing win. What have you guys seen from Melville this year? Because they're a, they're a very yeah. interesting team, I think, for me, because they returned a lot of players, and, you know, obviously they have Noah Wills up front. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're, like, for me, they're going to be one of those teams in the Vitera that could compete with Yorkton, obviously, for a division title.
2: Yeah, it was, you're right. They've returned a bunch of players, mm-hmm. but there haven't been that many guys that have stirred the been the straw that stirs the drink offensively. For them, behind Noah Wills and Zach Kane, who I think we've kind of underappreciated so far this year. I mean, the kid has six goals. He's just got a bullet. You talk about snipers in this league. Zach Kane deserves to be talked about in the top five ten snipers in this league with the shot that he has. Uh, And it's it continues to be an interesting goaltending situation. Uh, You know, Regina up in the dub, you know, hasn't gotten great return from their cold ending. And so there's a lot of people in Regina that think, you know, Kelton Pine should be Regina Pat's number one goalie. Uh, so he's down in, in Melville, but then they get a shutout from Clement Lebelois, right. who makes his debut. Saw him in the preseason, and he's good too. So it's a, it's a glut of riches in that for Melville too. So it's it's very very interesting to see what the, what this what direction Melville will go from now.
1: I think they got to be happy. Yeah. I think so too. They're a team yeah. that was out of the playoffs last year, I knew they end. were going oh, yeah. through a rebuild. They're in sixth place right now. They picked up points right. in their last three games. Yep.
2: Um, and outplayed. Your they team. got
1: players that can bite you. Like they will if you take a night off against Melville, you're gonna yeah. you're losing that game they got some players that will hurt you by scoring goals and putting up points. So for them to be
2: in sixth right now, a nice little streak for them going, um, I think Melville should be super happy. And last thing I'll say, Nicolas Samson missed a long time this year. He's back. He's that makes electric them scary. Player. He's electric. Yeah. So if you can, price of admission for no wills, price of admission, Nicolas Samson, the depth is getting better. You know, Mike Rooney was really high on uh, that Fryfogel kid, too, in the preseason. He hasn't shown it a ton as he adjusts to the pace of the SJ, but he got a bullet of a shot, too. Melville will bite you, as you mm. said.
0: And that's going to be a really good game tonight between the Melville Millionaires and the Flin Flon Bombers. Now, uh, we talked about burying the lead a little bit, and we might have done so here a little bit. we got to talk about the Battle for North Stars. They're 10-0. Mm-hmm. They had three wins last week—a six-three win in LaRange against the Ice Wolves, which I'll say because I was at that game. They probably didn't—they'll admit probably that they didn't play their best game, but they found a way to win. And then they have two home victories against the Weyburn Red Wings. Um, obviously, when a team's ten and zero, and we've talked about it with Humboldt too, good teams find ways to win. But with Battleford, now they're ten and zero on the year. What do you guys think of the North Stars? I know we talk about it all the time. Amazing depth, great goaltending, great D. What's what's more to say about this club so far? And number one in the CJHL, according to their uh, top 20 ranking.
1: Yeah, that was a really cool uh, little shout out there to the Battleford Store Stars, number one ranked awesome. in in all of Canada. Mm-hmm. And we got to give credit to Humboldt, too. Number three, yeah. Number three, and Flint Flawn at 20. Yeah, mm-hmm. three yeah. three teams broke in there, yeah. but I, I was just laughing. She said, I think we buried the lead of this team that's 10-0. and <laughs> I don't think there's going to be ever a shortage of things to talk yeah, about when 100%. it comes to Battleford, so <laughs> no, a few no, weeks no. we might be burying them yeah. to, to talk about other things, but no, it's because they are so complete,
3: yeah. and
1: they're going to be yeah. the hardest team to beat on any night, even when they're on their off game, and they had no. that this weekend, but they still found a way to win. They are flawless to me. Mm. So well, is the record.
2: Yeah, and to your point, I mean, no Steve Kesslering. This weekend, right. no problem. Mm-hmm. Like he's a big player for them, but no problem because they've got all sorts of them, including we got to talk about Keaton Klein. Mm-hmm. Talk about big time shooters. You know, in this league, he leads the league in goals. Nine goals, six of them on the power play. Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you watched six of those goals, uh, a lot of them are the same, right? Like through the seam. And what a bullet on the one timer, the power play last year. You know, Rory. Now we talked a lot about Rumsey on the power play for yep. Estevan with the one timer and Colvardi for Flynn Flon one timer on the power play. This year, it's the year of Keaton Klein one time around the power play because he is tough to stop. And coaches watch video. They know. They'll put a guy in Keaton Klein's pocket. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, because then Jake that op- Southgate that opens will up still it. That opens up the bumper yeah, for exactly. Southgate or, right. the, or the point yeah. for you. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no Well, so far, nobody's that. been able to stop it. Yeah, my it hasn't, yeah. yeah. yeah so. But if somebody does, <laughs> like you said, lots they have options. lots of options. I think the other thing that's really interesting for me about Battleford, especially this month, is the fact after that game against La Ronge, they're pretty much spending the whole month of October at home. Mm-hmm. And that begs the question, that's a tough rink to play in. Yeah. How long can they make this streak go?
1: Well, do you want a prediction? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. And no, I no, c- no. I, they can make it go longer than that. They, but I think so, too. I would not be one bit shocked if at the end of the month, Humboldt and Battlefords oh. go into their first meeting of the season, both undefeated. It'd be I, I'm not going to... Bet on who would come out that game: Battlefords and Humboldt. It's three weeks away. Two. That's what I mean. But it wouldn't shock me. There's still a lot of hockey to be played, and we know the parity in the SJHL. But if it happened, and anyone's looking at these two teams' trajectory, say, I'm shocked that happened. Like, how are you shocked? The way they've been playing doesn't look like anyone can can stop them right now.
2: Yeah. Well, look look at these numbers for Josh Cote: nine twenty six save percentage. One twenty three goals against and in like a reasonable s- sample size too. eight. No, I texted Braden Klamasco. I said, did you have any idea that he would be this mm-hmm. good? And he said, not even. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. And Braden Klamasco will give you an honest answer. Yes. 100%. He knew it'd be good. He thought he'd be good. I asked him in the preseason, what do you think of your goaltending? He said, I think we'll be fine. I'd say this is far more than fine. Yeah,
1: it's the the best in the league right now. It is. But, I mean, he's got a great team in front of him. Let's give him that. But when you have a great team in front of him, it breeds confidence both ways. Your goalie breeds confidence from the team in front of him, and the team knows Mm -hmm. that if they do have a little lapse, that goaltender's going to make the save. So they continue that eight-game
0: homestand Friday against Mm -hmm. Melfort. Melfort's given them some troubles a little bit this year, and then they uh, Mm -hmm. play Estevan on Saturday. Two teams played three games in three nights that I want to quickly get to. We talked. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Wayburn. They were at home to Nipwin, then the two losses to Battleford, and then the one thing, uh, Rory, you brought up last week was Nipwin on that three-game and three-night yeah. road trip. They got three out of, us, out of six points. What did you make of their road
1: trip? Serviceable. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I don't think anything to hang your heads on. Three points in, in, in six possible. Yeah. One against Estevan, who's been hot. Um, and it was a close game, too. Like one game against Estevan. I mean, yeah, yeah that's yeah. been really hot. Um, and they've beaten Estevan twice before, so they know they could. But mm-hmm. kind of right where I thought they would finish throughout that three-game Southern Swing. I don't think that's a bad result. Half the points. Sure, would you like to get four? Yeah, yeah you would, But you didn't, you didn't go over three.
2: Yeah, yeah. Nippowin played pretty well uh, in Wilcox on Tuesday. Uh, you know, the Hounds' goaltending had a rough one, unfortunately. But, yeah, the, the Hawks deserve credit. They penned him in, played right. well. And, um, you know, they, they have some pieces, certainly, in Nippowin that can hurt you. You talked about Melville, Rory. If you're yeah. off your game, you can yeah. take on Melville. You're off your game against Nippowin. Same kind of thing. Brighton Kiesman will get you. You know, Bedard will get you. So Nipwin has the same kind of team as, mm-hmm. as Melville, I think. And I think
1: it's just part of a rebuild. We're seeing it with Melville. We're yeah. seeing it with Nipwin. they got to like where they are. One's in sixth, one's in seventh. There's going to be days where, you know, a younger team will struggle. But if they're playing the right way, and Mike Rooney and um, Tad Cozen have been preaching the way to play, and we've noticed from both teams, they're exciting to watch. Yep. There's going to be ebbs and flows, but where they are right now throughout, what are we mm-hmm. now? You know, 20, just under 20% of the yeah. season? Yeah, Happy, man.
2: Got to yeah. be. Yeah, and happy, happy for the fan base in Nipouin. Yeah. Yeah. an incredible fan base, and they deserve a great product. Uh, Like last year, tough times in Nippowin, there were still great fans there. So uh, now they have a fun team to watch. So kudos to Tad Cozen, I think he's doing a great job. And the staff there, Dana Dirks and Trevor Sabo and the list goes on. They're doing a great job, Levi Stewart. uh, And Nippowin got to be happy about the present and the future, got to be said.
0: Quickly, what about Weyburn? They Mm -hmm. went one and
2: two this week. They got
0: that shootout win, but obviously then you play Battlefords, two games in Battlefords. That's back-to-back weeks where you have to Mm -hmm. play three games and three nights for the Wings. Tough scheduling, but... Well, the two games
1: they lost were against the undefeated
0: Battlefords North Stars. And they were right in that game on Friday, too. It was a 2-1. Dazza Mitchell was outstanding. I think he made
2: 46 Yeah, Daz is good. Um, And... Another element to that is Weyburn's decor has been racked with some injury problems and then the suspension to, to Edward Ruckler from the, the boarding call in uh, the overtime against Nippin, in which Weyburn killed the whole overtime uh, shorthanded, which is very impressive, like five minutes shorthanded in overtime. But uh, got to mention quickly here, Rhett Vedras' first overall mm-hmm. pick in the mm-hmm. SHL last, last year. Getting his first SJHL minutes here with Weyburn. I know Cody Mapes is extremely high on that uh, D man now playing for the Mahler's AAA. And uh, again, you get some good coaching from Daryl Mann there too. So great to see a young, another young kid get an opportunity in the league.
1: Well, anytime the number one overall pick yeah. of the SJHL draft makes his first career SJHL game mm-hmm. the year he's drafted, it's always right. It's fun for the players, mm-hmm. it's fun for the fans, the coaching staff, mm-hmm. uh, and it's fun
0: for us to talk about for sure. And final team I want to touch on is the Larange Ice Wolves, but that is also where we find our Tourism Saskatchewan highlights of the week. Have a look.
3: Curtis drops it back to the point on the right side for Strick. Strick to Coyle. Coyle up to Morgan on the right side. Morgan turns. Morgan, cross-ice pass for Strick. Strick. Oh, yes. Up to oh. Curtis. Rebound. Juicy rebound. And here comes Coyle. Locked out front. Jerome They're... for Curtis. Morgan, yes. juicy. Scores. What a passing play. A spin right there.
0: Yeah, an unbelievable plat- passing play in, in that game for the LaRange Ice Wolves. Snapping a four-game losing streak. We talk about tough schedules. Yeah. They had to play Humboldt three times and then Battleford. Really a much-needed win for the Ice Wolves.
1: Fourth one today against Humboldt. That's yeah. one of the Tuesdays They're busy Four <laughs> yeah. times already. These teams have only played 10 games, so 40% of them are against the same team. Uh, I will say that this is the last game, though, for the Ice Wolves before they get Kevin Kaminsky back. Exactly. Which yeah. uh, it's going to be huge. It's yeah. going to be huge for them
2: yeah they'll come out hard and i think you know they've had some veteran forwards especially that have played great yeah. this year you know ethan strick can we we miss him sometimes when we talk about one of the, some of the premium players in this league in terms of a two way guy ethan strick is as good as, as it gets mm-hmm. and then on top of that you know walker jerome had four points against melfort you know he's he's bread and butter he's salt of the earth hard-nosed mm-hmm. to a, you know, 200-foot guy. So, you know, really happy to see him do well as well. Talked about him before. They've got some real pieces, especially up front. They're, they're back-end, you know, well-solidified in net with Dawson Smith. So, you know, LaRange, again, we've talked about it, yeah. right. they're not going to be easy for anybody. They're not spe- easy out. Especially in their ring.
1: And Trenton Curtis as well. He was held without a point in his first, I think, four games for LaRange. Yeah. Comes out with four or five points mm-hmm. over the course of like the weekend. revenge. Here, so, yeah, yeah. revenge <laughs> was one of the words, for sure. But be- beat uh, up on if he can now find his footing in, in, uh, in LaRange, it's just another weapon but you're right you mentioned riley morgan walker jerome ethan strick when we talk about the top players in the league we leave those guys off for some reason i don't know if they just fly under the radar but another team that like yeah yeah, you you can't take your eyes off they're defensively
2: responsible kids they take care of their end first so you know they i think that's one of the reasons why since we all look at points points all the time but you know kevin kaminsky's recruited a lot of good two-way forwards the last number of years so these are a bunch more
0: and today's guest on SJHL Weekly is the starting goaltender for the SVM Bruins, Cam Herlicka. And before we go to break and we talk to Cam, let's talk about the Bruins. Mm. Five straight wins, a picture-perfect week, and a little bit of a spoiler. They're the biggest movers in the SJHL Power Rankings this week.
1: <laughs> I think, But I'm not going to tell you where... <laughs> You got to go to the website. Uh, Do we need to hit the panic button on this show more for some teams? I don't know if we officially <laughs> hit hard. No, uh, we were some, we, were, some teasing some force, we, we were teasing it. We teased it a that bit. It's it's moving closer to <laughs> Nuksi's hand, and he was yes. about to hit it yes. when they were one and six, uh, and now they're now they're five wins in a row. They're six and six, and they seem just fine. They're getting contribution from everyone, and Kavrinchuk might be the most valuable goaltender yeah. in the SJHL.
2: Yeah, I think I think I was the leader of the Don't Panic <laughs> one, to be honest. Rest of we'll it. have to check the tapes. Four, we'll check the, the tapes. Four, yeah, check the tapes. Four of their five last games have been 3-2 wins, and the other game was a 4-2 win with an empty netter. So all that to be said, Cam Herlicca is good at hockey.
0: Yeah, and we will
2: chat with him,
0: Cam the
2: reigning Sastel
0: goalie of the week, uh, right after the break. This is SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. Welcome back to SJHL Weekly. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Rory McGoran, Jamie Neugebauer, Jeremy Corrigan. And we are now pleased to be joined by the starting goaltender of the Estevan Bruins and reigning SaskTel Goalie of the Week, Cam Herdlicka, who is on the video chat line. There he is. Hey, Cam, how's it going today? Oh, we might have some audio issues. We'll have to get the boys in the back to, to take care of that. But we talked about Estevan before the break. So let's talk a little bit about more about them. We, we've seen Cam's play. He's been ob- obviously, he's been outstanding. But let's talk a little bit about their blue line, because I think their blue line's a little underrated, mm-hmm. despite them contributing a lot for them.
2: Yeah, well, you know, you look at... The loss of Alex von Sprecken, who's going to fill that void? Right. Alexa Babic has been very, very solid alongside Alex Blanchard on that Estevan blue line. They needed somebody to, to fill that role, and you know those two have done it. And then you look at one of the again the young kids in this league. There's so many good young players in this league. One guy that I'm super high on is Matthew Ron, uh, 05 oh, birth year. He's a half point per game already. Rory, you you agree? He's a skilled kid. Yeah, yeah, he's really good.
1: I also think that their forward. Um, side of their game are playing more responsible than we saw through their one in six stretch, mm-hmm. which is obviously helping out their defense. They're playing more of the right way instead of, uh, you know, maybe defending champions coming back in thought right. it would be a little bit of an easier roll out of the gates. It wasn't. And now they're playing a little more defensively, which I think you're seeing collectively as a team. Well, and the big thing too is like
0: the, we, we've talked about this a few times on the show is their divisions varied. Tough to predict and it's a very tight and i think closely knitted division between uh all four teams and they all play kind of a little bit of a different style so it's interesting how they kind of match up against the yorktons and the melville's mm-hmm.
2: yeah i know absolutely you know i think I'll, that's a great point you were saying about the division you know matt hare if anybody game planned well against Estevan last year it was matt hare and the yorkton terriers played them tough a lot of one goal games I think Estevan came ahead a a, a game or two but uh, overall I think you know Matt Hare knows that he, he feels like he knows he can coach against Jason Tatarnik and, uh, and then, you know, Melville, we've talked about, Rory, only needs one or two chances to really change a game. So that's tough for anybody. And then Weyburn has this new identity as long as they can stay healthy. Getting great, great, great goaltending from Daza Mitchell. I hear maybe another reinforcement might be coming for Wayburn, too, but we can't get into that teaser. But <laughs> it's an interesting division, the Vitera. Well, I think that's exactly what
1: you want to see after last year. After Estevan rolled through a bunch of those teams, you know, Yorkton, you mentioned, did put up some fights throughout their, whatever it was, eight-game series, but it was Estevan's division last year, and I think for, you know, SJHL fans, the fans of the amazing parody in the league, Mm -hmm. you'd like to see a little bit more of a dogfight in the Viterra division, and you're going to get it this year.
0: Uh, we are just trying to get Cam back on the line. We have a little bit of technical difficulty. So while our uh, great team in the back tries to get Cam all set up on the video chat, let's talk a little bit about the players of the yes, week. Yeah. Because we, we talked about, obviously, Cam uh, Herlika is the Sastel goalie of the week. He was outstanding this week in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, helping the Estevan Bruins to three more wins. They won five in a row. But let's jump to the SGEU MVP of the week, and that being Jake Southgate of the Balfour's North Stars. And the interesting thing with the Stars is with how they, good they've been this season. Really, there's a bunch of players that could easily be MVP of the week uh, for them. But uh, Jake Southgate, one goal, five assists uh, this past week. He was outstanding.
1: I think every single week, at least one of the four players yeah. of the week have been yeah. on the Battlefield Shore so Stars, too. but yeah. that, it, there's no surprise why. Yeah, and now so. it's just another one of the key cogs that just mm-hmm. keeps that engine rolling up front in Jake Southgate, the captain, the Battleford's native. Um, you know, I know we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about Thanksgiving coming mm-hmm. up later in the show, there's but what teams are are thankful for Yeah, uh, having a hometown grown boy on a roster wearing the C and I know they have you know a litany of 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 players that are the reason they're 10-0 but that is something that it just means so much to a community to yeah. the players around him and I love to see Jake Southgate having a great year here.
2: Yeah and it's another thing where It's a kid that was recruited, young, a little unknown, local, as you mentioned, but a lot of these Battleford's kids aren't just dropped into the team this year either. Mm -hmm. They've been together a couple of years, so that chemistry is also already there in spades. And Jake Southgate, Jeremy, a big part of that, obviously, you know, they, he's got guys around him. And this this weekend, no Steve Kesslering, So a few more minutes for Jake Southgate, which, you know, I'm sure Braden Klamasco is OK with. And he, pre, he he proved that he can do it. He's again, one of those shooters in this league. He's one of the top ones.
1: Four point night in Weyburn, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. A goal and three assists against Weyburn on on Saturday and, and well deserved for Jake Southgate being the SGU MVP of the week. All right. Direct West rookie of the week and this time for rookie of the week we go in between the pipes and that being reed Lalonde of the nippon hawks he got two starts uh in the three games and three nights for the nippon hawks and uh, the two games he played uh he was rock solid in between the pipes for them obviously he was in the 5-2 win against the notre dame hounds and then the 3-2 shootout loss against the Wayburn red wings newsy i mean you saw him on um on tuesday what'd mm-hmm. you think of reed's play
2: yeah, it was solid, and I think there, you know, it was, again, it was a rough first period, but it was a much more even second and third for Notre Dame and Nipowin, right. and, you know, he made some big, big saves, and the game could have changed, and the momentum could have changed quickly. The Hounds were very happy with the way they played on uh, the night before, you know, against Estevan. Get Cameron Licka stood on his head. Yeah. So the Hounds came into that game with a lot of confidence, actually put up some great chances. Reed Lalonde really shut the door in key moments, and they always talk about... Sometimes it's not about how many saves, it's which saves you make. And Reed Lalonde made the right ones against Notre Dame.
1: Oh, he was in net for all three of their six yep. points this week, too. The rookie goaltender, him and Nolan McDowell, gave Tad Cozen a reason mm-hmm. to trade Harmon Hume up to Nip to Flon. I know we talked about that last week. Uh, but, yeah, it was the Nipwin Hawks needing to just pick up points where they can, mm-hmm. and Reed Lalonde helped them pick up the three out of the possible six this week.
0: And having confidence, I think, in a young goaltender, too. Like uh, Sometimes I think at, uh, in junior hockey, it's easy to go with a veteran in between the pipes, but to have the confidence in a young goaltender like Reed Lalonde, you know, Tad Cozen has shown mm-hmm. that this year because uh, Lalonde's been in, uh, I would say, the majority of their game so far.
1: And it was, it's actually one of the questions I want to ask Cam Herjlicka when yeah. we get him on the show is is how much confidence did you gain from 100%. having the trust of a team mm-hmm. that knew they were loading up for the Centennial Cup? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think he moves him into this season. But now Nippowin is a team that's trying to move into the playoffs and they, you know, are trusting two young goaltenders. So this can be, you know, not valuable for just this season a mm. lot more moving forward as well
2: yeah yeah and to that point rory i mean i think the way that this league keeps getting better and and growing is that it's a complete meritocracy every team mm. right and what i mean by that is if you are the better team in camp i don't care if you're 20 i don't care if you're returning i don't care where you're from if you're the better guy you're going to get the spot and you can't have those little nepotisms those little you know nitty-gritty things where you are like given the spot you have to earn it Mm -hmm. and laser and chase ham you know lost out to mcdowell and lalonde and that's tad cozen's prerogative and you know fair enough those two guys deserved it and they've shown their coach to be smart so far this year
0: yeah i mean reed lalonde obviously he he earned the job he earned the starting uh job in in nipawin and obviously so far this year it seems like he's kind of taken the ball and run with it a little bit uh, finally, defenseman of the week, and we talked about Estevan having such uh, s- you know a successful week, going three and zero. Uh, and one of their leaders was on the blue line in Alex Blanchard. You know, two goals, two assists. We talked about the blue line for Estevan really producing offensively for them as well as well as playing obviously great defense.
1: I think we were expecting this from Blanchard maybe a little bit earlier in the season, just based yeah. off of his pedigree coming mm-hmm. into the Estevan Bruins blue line, but. It, we, we've seen it before with major junior guys coming right. in. It's a different animal, <laughs> this league. Mm-hmm. Is it as high-end, you know what I mean? Like, of yep. course, there's more high-end talented and, sure. you know, it, it is major junior as opposed to junior A, but the style of play can sometimes take a little bit of a learning curve to find that extra room, to find that extra time before a body's right on you. And Alex Blanchard, you expect him to be a really high offensive power defenseman. And this week, I think he, 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 you just saw him being a lot more comfortable with the Bruins.
2: Yeah, no, I agree, and you know, I think again, like they get, they found a partner that fits him well yeah. too, and Alexa Babbic, who's simple and safe and good, and let you let you know, go be yourself, Blanchard, express yourself, you know, and uh, I love those Ontario boys, you know, that Rory Welland, Ontario, Niagara area, same area that uh, Jason Tatarnik. Is from so a little bit of a connection there, but uh, never hurts. And there you go, Babbic and Blanchard, two uh, Ontario boys figuring it out for, <laughs> for Estevan. Gotta love those Ontario boys.
0: And we were talking about again, like their blue line continues to produce. And with with his uh, week where he got two goals and two assists, I do believe now he's tied mm-hmm. for third in SJHL defenseman scoring. Mm-hmm. So they're getting a lot of contributions from from their blue line. And I think for Estevan this year, do you think for them to be successful this year, they're going to have to get the contributions from their blue line?
1: I think they're going to have to get contributions from everyone right fair. they don't have Olivier Pouillot Mark Rumsey who can mm-hmm. win a game single-handedly Cade Runke's been great don't yeah. I'm not oh, taking yeah. anything he away has, from yeah. Cade Runke but they're going to need to be a complete team I think this year mm-hmm. as opposed to what we were accustomed to seeing last year
2: yeah and it's interesting Roy to that point we all wondered okay you know last year a couple last couple of years you know Matt Harris had to change things the way mm-hmm. he's done things in Yorkton because Yorkton had those those Dars, Legion, you know, Jared Gervais, Legion, Legion yeah. Keyshawn Gervais, Chance Petruick. yeah. Yeah, the list <laughs> kind of goes on. Chance <laughs> Patruick maybe right. the great, one of the greatest uh, that ever played in the SJ. Uh, so he's he's had to show that, okay, now this is a team that I have to really, really coach and really mold into the style of play and then build an identity. And uh, Jason Tatarnik has that opportunity now, and that's actually, I think, a good thing, a foundation that Estevan can start with. And you know they're going to keep adding. They added yeah. Salvatore Colora, uh, you know, as up front I'm sure they'll add some more as as they continue to look but uh, you know it's a good foundational start I think for Estevan to to have to go through tough times and come their way out. And obviously later on in
0: the show we'll talk about uh, the games coming up in the next two days but um, I think one game everyone should be kind of putting their eyes on a little bit is Wednesday night's in Flin Flon against Estevan down at Affinity mm-hmm. Place, the first time the two teams uh, meet up since last year's final. That is going to be, and just with everything that's happened in the last week with the Von Sprecken trade and everything, uh, mm-hmm. that is going to be a game that I don't think fans down in Estevan will want to miss. So just to recap the players of the week, SGU MVP of the week is Jake Southgate of the Balfour for North Stars. Sastel Goalie of the Week is Cam Herlicka of the Estevan Bruins. Direct West Rookie of the Week is Ree Lalonde of the Nipawin Hawks. And finally, the Defenseman of the Week for uh, is Alex Blanchard of the Estevan Bruins. We're going to take a pause. When we come back, we're hopefully going to have Sastel Goalie of the Week, Cam Herlicka on the line. Hopefully, we figured out the technical difficulties. But after the break, hopefully, we'll talk to him. And we'll also talk a little Thanksgiving. You'll see what I mean. After the break, this is SJHL Weekly across all of the SJHL social media platforms. Welcome back to SJHL Weekly. Thank you so much for joining us across uh, all of our SJHL social media platforms. It's Rory McGoran, Jamie Nugabauer and Jeremy Corrigan. And now we are pleased to be joined. It's worth the wait. We are tr- pleased to be joined by Sastel goalie of the week, Cam Herlicka. Cam, thanks so much for joining us. We figured out the technical difficulties. How's it going today?
3: Uh, it's going really well. Thank you guys for having me on. All right, Cam,
0: well, I guess well, I'll give you an easy question to start. How, what do you make of the Bruins' uh, start to the season so far?
3: Um, I mean, I definitely think we had a bit of a slow start. Maybe not exactly what we were expecting to the 1-6, but, I mean, we've, we've turned it around since then. Five in a row is pretty good, so I, it's definitely... I think we have a bright future if we can keep improving on the mistakes that I know that we were making, which caused us to go in such a deep hole to start the season.
2: Cam, thanks for doing this. Uh, hair looks great, gotta say. Um, gotta throw it back a little bit, rewind. Last year, obviously, you played, uh, you know, a good amount behind uh, Boston Below us or alongside Boston Belowis and you know, into the ch- to the finals, into the Centennial Cup. What specific things did you learn about being on a championship team last year?
3: Um, I think just it's every every single game is important like um last year I, I think it was we won the league by one point and and we almost lost the uh, first place in a loss because if we didn't win that or if we didn't make it to overtime against Weber in the last game of the season we would have been first place and would have been second having to play Larange in the first round instead of uh, Notre Dame like we did so it's like every single game matters and Every single game, doesn't matter what team it's against, every team in the SJHL can beat you at any given time, which they showed last year when we lost to Wavering in the last game of the season. So it's just, yeah, bringing your top, your best game every single time can't take anyone lightly. And just, yeah, the work ethic you need to put in to be that caliber of a team.
1: If we're, you know, we're going to stick with last year then and then graduate forward to now your second year with the Estevan and I'm just curious how that year was for you in terms of building your confidence in a league you were making your first appearance on. Not only that, but on a team that you knew had these high, high expectations. And yet you were given all the opportunity to prove that you were one of the top goaltenders in the league. You guys had a great one-two punch, don't get me wrong. But how much did that breed some confidence in you in your first year last season?
3: It, it definitely helped a lot like coming in coming in this year it was really nice knowing that i i'd had the success that i did last year mm. so i knew that i was able to play in this league and i was able to keep up with all the other top goalies but and it it just helped ease me into it i think being able to play that a lot fewer games even though definitely some important games but it it definitely helps ease you into confidence and uh just helped me get adjusted to the league because the pace, the travel, the schedules and just even like playing in front of that many fans is something that you're not used to. And or at least I wasn't used to that in midget. So I think it really helped me just get adjusted to the league. And now in my second season, I'm used to it. And so playing more games is I feel comfortable with it.
1: And how exciting is that for you to know that you have the ball and, and you can run with it? You, you played 22 games last season. You know, it's not a tiny amount, but you're the guy now. How, how excited does that make you? Yeah.
3: Definitely feels awesome. It's, it's really nice knowing, like, going to the rink and knowing that I'm playing that day rather than uh, <laughs> knowing I'm, I'm most likely watching the game. But, I mean, it definitely it feels good. I mean, as a goalie, I think everyone, you kind of dream you want to be playing all those big games. And I know last year I didn't have too many of those. So this year I'm hoping that I can uh, pick up and pick up where I didn't have last year, play against all the top teams and kind of show that, you know, I can hang around with those top teams and not just play in the games that some people maybe don't think are as important. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely feels really nice to be playing such a, a big load of these games.
2: And and obviously, Cam, your team is doing much better now with you in the net. But i got to ask you, you know, slow start to the year for the team, and you guys have picked it up lately. How does it feel? Does it feel any different this year, I should say, without that weight of a Centennial Cup at the end of the year, you know, without all that expectation being the same? I know inside Estevan, the expectation is always enormous. But uh, how does it feel different for you guys this year?
3: Uh, it's, yeah it's definitely a little different. I would say yeah the outside pressure just to be that top team is definitely not there even though like within the locker room I know everybody on the team we have we see our potential and we all know that we can be one of the top teams we can hang around with every team in this league so it's you try it's definitely different knowing not knowing that we are going to be in Centennial Cup but we're also we're treating it the same way we're gonna prepare the same way every game like just focus on each game each individual game making playoffs and seeing how far we can push there
0: now cam this week you were named uh SaskTel goalie of the week but one of your teammates alex blanchard was named sjhl defenseman of the week i have to ask you about your blue line this season it seems like you have some great uh great depth on the on the back end to you know help you out uh, in between the pipes
3: yeah they they've been amazing especially in this five game win streak like I'm not sure the exact amount, but the amount of goals that they've scored, for those our D man has been like incredible. Like it seems like every game we're pretty much guaranteed to have one of them score, maybe even a couple. But yeah, and and then even defensively, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be up for that award if they weren't playing so well in our D, in our uh, D zone. Like they help me out a ton. It makes it a lot easier when I know that I'm. I have some really good guys in front of me, and I, it allows me to get more comfortable and be able to play because I know that they have my back and they're not gonna not gonna let anything by them. So I can sit there and I'll try. When they do make the odd mistake, I'll I try and uh, bail them out, but I know I don't have to that often because they've been playing so well.
1: Thanks so much for joining us, Kim. Yes, um, Devan Bruins. Clearly, right now, one of the hottest teams winning five games in a row, but we've talked about the start as well with you. When it was one and six, what was kind of the message in that room? Because the Bruins, their fan base, you know, they expect a winner. It wasn't the way it was going out of the bat throughout the first seven games, but how did you guys, you know, fight your way through it in a time that, you know, can maybe be frustrating for some people, grip your sticks a little tighter, so on and so forth. But what was the message and how did you guys get out of it?
3: I mean, I think the message really was like no one, no one's gonna get was given up on this team because I think coaching staff, players, like we all, like I said before, we all saw the potential. Like every game we had played in was like a tight one, mm-hmm. except maybe the the one wavering game we were in every single game, like the Humboldt one, one minute left, two goals. It's those are they're tough losses to have, but I mean, they kind of showed us that we have what it takes to yeah. kind of be. Uh, a winning team so I think that we kind of built off that and then at, when we got that first win against Weber and we just kept rolling just wanted to just keep it taking it one game at a time and we knew we had to dig ourselves out of the hole and I mean it's I don't think all of us were expecting it to happen those five straight games but I think we all knew that we could do it so we just gotta just gotta keep trying keep rolling and yeah it was I think we all we all knew that we could do it just just got to play play the right ways minimize the little mistakes that were really killing us at the start of the year
0: all right cam final question for you you guys are on a five game winning streak going into wednesday night it's a rematch of the sjhl final from last year against the Flon bombers and uh alex von Spreckens on the other side what do you expect from that matchup and how excited are you uh for that game on wednesday
3: oh yeah i'm really excited i don't I don't actually think I played Flintflon Flon at all last year or I think I played 10 minutes or so in the finals against them. So it'll be it'll be my first for me. It'll be pretty, pretty good because I know I saw them a lot last year. They're always a really good team, really good defensively. And yeah, obviously playing Vonnie again, will be it'll be a little weird having him in the other jersey, but I think all the guys are excited to see him again and it'll definitely be a good game, I think. That'll be a game that I... It'll really show, I think, where we've come from uh, the start of the year to now is because they're definitely a top team in the league. So if we can hold our own with them, it'll it'll definitely show, I think, how, much, how good we are and what we can do.
0: All right, Cam. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. And it looks like we might have lost him. Uh, oh, there he is. Uh, thanks so much for <laughs> the taking the hero. time to join us today. We really appreciate it. <laughs> congratulations on being named SaskTel Goalie of the Week. And congratulations on the start uh, to the season for you.
3: Yeah. Thank you guys very much, and yeah, uh, thanks for having me out.
0: That is the Estevan Bruins starting goaltender, Cam Hrdlicka. Very well spoken, uh, netminder for the Estevan Bruins, and we kind of he kind of touched on it a little bit, and I, I couldn't agree more. Having that experience from last year, yeah. not only being a part of that championship-winning team, but the fact that he got into as many games as he did as a rookie. It's obviously proven that it's really helped them early on this season.
1: Seems like how quick he was in the net. I thought that's how quick he was out of the interview. Yeah, he I was going <laughs> to say.
0: He sped right oh. out of there.
1: But, uh, <laughs> that's no. why Rory's
0: a pro broadcaster right there. <laughs> I did say last question, to be fair. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, he was ready for it once <laughs> he, he was, stopped talking. Uh, he he now, said last question. See ya. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I think it, it, it's, that's an amount of experience that's invaluable for a rookie mm-hmm. goaltender, especially as we... As he mentioned, playing for a team that had those aspirations right. to get that trust and that leaned on. Sure, it wasn't the biggest marquee games, but you know what? You just you got to find your place, and he navigated through it. He had the best numbers in the SJHL he last is. year among qualified goaltenders since he did play 22 games, and he's turned that around to this year. I still think he might be the most valuable. When you talk about valuable to a team, I think he's number one in terms of goaltending mm-hmm. in the league.
0: Oh well, he started eleven out of the twelve games, so I'd yeah. say that's pretty yeah. valuable now, finally, uh, before we wrap up today's show in the spirit of thanksgiving we're going to talk a little bit about what each sJHL team is thankful for so what we did, and this was a great I, I got to give credit where credits due Jamie came up with the idea we each took a division, and we're going to talk a little bit about what each team in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League is thankful for so Rory you have uh, the global ag risk division who do you want to start with
1: let's start right at the top right, the Battleford's North Stars, and I think they're thankful for firepower, man. Like, if I I can't find a weakness on their team, what's their greatest strength? And they got 51 goals already. Mm -hmm. Their goal differential is number one. They roll all four lines. They have five out of the top 20 scores in the SJHL. When they don't have Kessler in the lineup, they're getting a four-point night from Southgate. When they don't have Southgate scoring goals, they're getting the SJHL leading goal scorer in Keaton Klein. Uh, Firepower, man. They can... Mm -hmm. and beat you in smothering games like Weyburn, but when they're on, yeah, good luck stopping them from scoring at least four goals. Exactly. Jamie has the Viterra division. Jamie,
2: where mm-hmm. would you like to start? Well, I'll start with the guy we just talked about, talked to, the Van sure. Bruins, and the health of Cameron Lekha. You know, he started the year healthy, got hurt in a game. You know, it didn't go well for Nippon when he was gone, and Rory, you said it. You know, most valuable goalie yeah. to his team. Maybe he's 1A, maybe Caleb Allen for Yorkens 1B, but... You know this is about the Estevan Bruins right now, so the health of Cam Herblicka is what the Bruins are thankful for this weekend.
0: And that means I have the Sherwood Division, and I will start also at the top of the division. I'll start with the Flinflon Flon Bombers, and we briefly talked about it earlier. And that is the return of Jacob Vacler. He was outstanding this week, uh, this weekend against the Kindersley Clippers, three assists but if you watch the highlights from those games he generated so much offense for the Flint Flon Bombers like those games easily could have been uh, much higher he could mm-hmm. have had a couple of goals in each game and i think we talked about now the bombers adding depth to their lineup adding a top 6 forward essentially for free it's a huge addition for them and i think they're thankful that mm-hmm. they got him back from the NAHL as mm-hmm. as quickly as they did. Uh,
1: Rory, you're up next. Uh, where would you like to go? Yeah, let's just move down the list. We'll go with the Humboldt Broncos, and I uh, I think they're thankful for the culture that's been built there mm, over map. the last four years, and it starts right at the top with um, Scott Barney. It starts with Jamie Armitage and Luke Streeby, the assistant GMs and head scouts of the team that are able to... N- didn't actually seem over the past four years that they're ever reloading. You take a look at this year, they lose Connor McGrath to college. You lose Matthew Perkins to the USHL. Race Ramsey, of course, ages out. There's actually 17 players that mm-hmm. were on that roster, not on the roster. But then the culture comes in. It's what did Grace and Cameron teach the Kate Olsons? what did Kate Olsen teach the Ethan Silkies? The next man up approach, everything stays the same mm-hmm. in terms of their staff, their organization, how they run things, how they treat the players. And I just think that breeds success. So culture. Good one.
2: Jamie? All right. Well, we're going to look over your shoulder there. The York, the, uh, <laughs> laptop my laptop right? died. Sorry, <laughs> folks. The Yorkton Terriers will go straight to uh, their scouting staff because they Ooh, brought in all yeah. sorts of 2004 birth years, that or even 2005 when you talk about Pavel McKenzie out of the Tisdale Trojans. They got... A great haul of young rookies this year to the York Terriers, really leaning on them. You know, we talked about Butts, you know, Ruptash, McKenzie, Nemo, Maze, Allen. The list goes on and on, not missing anybody on purpose. But without the a York,
1: laptop, too. Wow. Well, that's laptop. pretty good. <laughs>
2: that's why he's <laughs> go. good at his job. There folks. you go, rookies. <laughs> Yeah, There you go. Thanks. That's why they pay me the bucks. But uh, the York Terriers, folks, they've recruited some kids, and they've come in and not really look like rookies at all. This year, you know, big time kudos to that recruiting and scout staff and Matt Hare as well, obviously, for picking the team.
0: Yeah, that was a very good one. Uh, Up next for me is the LaRange Ice Wolves. And I think they are very thankful for assistant coach Kyle Schneider. I mean, Mm. you start the year uh, with the Kevin Kaminsky suspension 10 games. And I think it would have been easy for the LaRange Ice Wolves to maybe get off to a slow start this season because of that suspension. But Kyle Schneider has done an incredible job with that hockey club. They play a very hard style of hockey. Their their forecheck's outstanding. The one thing I really notice in the games I've seen against them or involving them is a lot of their forwards love to block shots, and they mm. they commit and they're committed to their team. And I think that's why they're playing. They're giving some teams. A difficult time for sure and once you know the Kevin Kaminsky just has to serve one more game but Kyle Schneider deserves a lot of credit uh for where LaRange is to start uh this season. Rory you're yeah,
1: next. Yeah the Notre Dame Hounds it's whoever installed the shiny spotlight uh at the beginning of the <laughs> at the beginning of that program or at least since I've been here but Although the Hounds have had a couple of seasons where, you know, they didn't go to the first round of the playoffs, right? They're right now sitting in second-last place. There's always a spotlight on the program. There's always a spotlight on the players that they're able to move on at such a high level. Nolan mm. Renwick a few years ago, Tim Gould, the defenseman, another NCAA division one, Kevin Anderson, Jared Sitch. I think Will Dawson can get one this year. So yes, is there gonna be a little bit of struggles sometimes in terms of being the upper echelon team in the SJHL? Maybe. But there's a reason. Players go to Notre Dame, yep. and these players that they look behind them and see that have have Division I scholarships, not just Div One, wherever they move them on. They just have a lot of high-profile ones, and they're always putting the spotlight on their players, which I think is great, and they, think they should be thankful for that.
2: Jamie? Yeah, I'm going to move on here to the Melville Millionaires, and again, it's kind of similar to to, uh, to Estevan getting Camford back. the health of Nicolas Samson. Right. You know, I could have just said, you know, how good is Noah Wills, and that would be fair enough. But he needs some help. He needs some depth alongside Zach Cain, Nicolas Samson, look at the Melville lines. All three of them starting on different lines uh, in the first game here tonight. So the Melville Miners get a little bit more depth from Nick Samson and that is huge because that makes them just a little bit more dangerous and Nick Samson's health is what they're thankful for this weekend.
0: For me, the next one is the Nipawin Hawks and for me the experience from last year is what they're thankful for. I know last year was a It was such a tough year for the Nipwin Hawks and a lot of change when it comes to the organization. But you had a very young team last year in the Hawks. You have a head coach and GM in Tad Kozen taking over uh, as the head coach and general manager. And the second half of last year really was a learning experience for their organization. And I think as a result, you're seeing a lot of players and even Tad himself really taking that next step this year. And we've seen how good they can be, Mm -hmm. but they're still a young team and they're still learning. But I think that experience from last year uh, near the, especially near the end of the year, um, has really helped them so far this year. Rory your final team
1: final one the Kindersley Clippers yeah and it hasn't been the uh, the start that they wanted either so Fair. who do you look to when things aren't going to the way it's the people you look up to and it's the people that lead the team so I think they got to be thankful for the leadership and hopefully that you know Braden cook the captain mm-hmm. all their assistant captains can get this team in a position where they're not getting frustrated too early it's yep. only been eight games right mm-hmm. they only have four points one win so they're gonna need to lean on the people that can try to get the out of this and a dark horse here, of course, Ken Plaquin, the head coach. Mm But new assistant coach Tyler Traptow was on the Kindersley Clippers the last time they made the playoffs. This is a guy, that was what, Mm 2018-19, so four or five years ago now. This is a guy that these players can ask for opinions and ask for questions and look up to and be like, okay, were you ever in this type of funk? And how do we get out of it, right? What do we do? And I think Tyler Traptow, Ken Plaquin, and then their leadership group are going to need to help build some culture here that helps this Clippers team not get frustrated because it's still really early.
2: Jamie. Absolutely. LaRange, quick. Dalen Mannin just named the head coach of a junior team in the States, yeah, that's too. Cool. Speaking of a former. Mm-hmm. Got to throw that in quick. All right, moving on. Weber and Red Wings, last, last one here. And I'm going to be a little meta here outside the box. Oh, boy. They are boy. thankful for Thanksgiving because they needed a break. Their decor was banged up. Edward Ruck's suspension hurt them. They needed a couple of days off to reload, regroup, make a couple moves. And I think they're thankful for these couple days that they had <laughs> off, like six days or whatever it is between games. So I'm just going to say the way Wings are thankful for Thanksgiving.
1: And it's funny
0: too, because you could actually say the same thing about Humboldt too. I mean, coming off seven games in 10 days, I'm pretty sure they're pretty thankful for having that eight day stretch of not playing a hockey game. Finally, last, but certainly not least, the Melfort Mustangs. And something else we definitely talked about is uh, today, tonight, when they take on the Notre Dame Hounds. I think they're thankful for the return of their captain, Ben Tekatschek. Obviously, since he went down with an injury at the SJHL showcase, you know, the, it hasn't been going the way I think a lot of us predicted when it comes to the Melfort Mustangs. You know, Rory, you touched on it earlier. Um, I think a lot of us thought Melfort was going to be one of the top teams in the SJHL this year. I still think we they still all, can be. We, and I think they will be. Mm-hmm. The big thing for Melfort is they haven't been healthy. And I think having some of these players come back, especially your captain coming back, I think tonight could be the spark of a turnaround, but we shall see. And I think they're going to be very thankful for Ben Tkachuk's mm-hmm. uh, return. Before we go, let's preview tonight's action in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. We briefly teased it, but it's a busy night tonight. Flynn Flon's in Melville to take on the Millionaires. Yorkton plays host to Nippowin. LaRange is in Humboldt. Humboldt's first action in about uh, eight and a half days. And the Notre Dame Hounds play host to the Melfort Mustangs. And then quickly on Wednesday as well, Flynn Flon then uh, continues their four-game and five-night trip against the Estevan Bruins. And then the Yorkton Terriers play host to the Larange Ice Wolves, who are also playing four games in five nights. Boys, before we go, when you look at those two days uh, over the course of the next couple days, I should say, with those games, uh, what stands out? What are you looking forward to?
1: couple big games for LaRange. Uh, obviously so. going into Humboldt already the fourth meeting um, against That's the crazy. Broncos and the Ice Wolves. They've only played nine and eight games yeah. respectively. So it's been almost half of them been <laughs> exactly, against the one yeah. team. It's almost like uh, a playoff Flynn series. Flon's yeah. got a, wow. a heavy stretch. Um, but yeah, just personally, I got to get back on the road and get back to Humboldt and into the booth because yeah, yeah 730 puck drop after that long holiday hiatus.
2: Yeah. G- getting a little rusty there, or you know? <laughs> I think so. yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, come on. Like, the SJHL finals were so special yes. to us, yeah. Oh, yeah. So special to anybody who was part of it. Both the Estevan and Flawn fan bases embraced us in a way that was so meaningful. Mm-hmm. We appreciate every one of you. And now I want you guys to get back to killing and hating each other's guts. Because that's what's going to happen Wednesday night. and Estevan, two teams that are hot. It's going to be spicy up in Affinity Place. Go get yourself a tower pizza. They're not a sponsor, but they could be. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun at Affinity Place. Flynn Flaw and Estevan, got to love it. That escalated quickly. I didn't, I didn't expect killing he's, each he's other going to be, selling, wow. Uh, that got spicy he very quick. He oh. and goes right off the Yeah, no, off. no kidding.
0: That's what happens when he loses technology. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of great games uh, coming up this week. Uh, I guess for me, what stands out is, Rory briefly touched on it, but, um, you know, Flynn Flon and Laurent playing four games mm. in five, five nights this week. Busy stretches for both clubs and similar to what we said about Nipwin last week, you know, uh, an important stretch of hockey. I'm curious to see how these teams go in the southern portion of the province and play four games in five nights to see how they perform and then how the standings potentially shift Mm. after this Week. Of course, on Sjhl Weekly, we wouldn't be—we uh, wouldn't be—the show wouldn't be possible without the great sponsors that we have, and there's—and there's so many. Uh, sh- thank you to Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Great Western Brewing, uh, Cantera Seeds, Viterra, RBC, Sasktel, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, SAS Lotteries, Tourism Saskatchewan. Thank you so much for your support, because if it wasn't for your supports, we wouldn't be able to put on this great show. Each and every week, as you can see, those are our socials where you can find the latest and greatest in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, where you can stay up to date on uh, the Players of the Week, which were announced yesterday. The Power Rankings, which were released three minutes ago on sjhl.ca, you can see our opinions on the Power Rankings. And uh, the one thing that's up, not up there is be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can see all of our shows, all of our features, all of our interviews, and much much more. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, We all really appreciate it. For Rory McGoring, Jeremy Neukebauer, Jeremy Corrigan, this has been another great edition of SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms.